0: Sometimes I think we need to record before we record, so people get to experience like, "Oh, where's where's my where are my headphones? Oh, I'm gonna go grab them." And we're like, "Oh, we're shuffling." Chad, let's
1: w- welcome to the podcast. <laughs> Thanks, Adam. It's good to be here. That's a beautiful view. You got back there. What, what are we seeing? We are seeing the. Uh, oh, unfortunately, it's under construction at the moment, but that is the ferry building uh, behind us, and then behind that is. Uh, the Bay Bridge, and here in, in uh, now sunny San Francisco, um, and beyond that, the East Bay Hills and Oakland and Berkeley. So it's, uh, it's a lovely view here in the in the JotForm HQ. Um, and uh, yeah, it's been good. It's one of, one of the benefits of the post, a little bit of the post-COVID experience is we've, we've come back to our office and the, the views are amazing. It, it's truly it's, it's really an inspirational workspace.
0: That is gorgeous. I, I remember my view in Chicago when I was in investment banking and it was just down the, the river and it was just, it was awesome. Well, anyway, Chad, let, let, let's do this for the audience real quick. As you all know, about a year and three months podcast, we're answering the question of the future of people initiatives and we got the answer. We got the answer. Uh, it's the galaxy of the answer, which is the adoption of marketing mindset and input experience. I just finished the masterclass for the association of change management professionals and, uh, Interestingly enough, there was a lot of agreement. There was plenty of disagreement, but there was a lot of agreement that marketing will make its way across all of HR. We are almost done with season three. We're beginning to think about season four, where we're going to move from theoretical to practical running campaigns. Although this episode I'm specifically excited about, where we're kind of getting into a little bit of the practical because Chad is, is doing the work. We're going to talk about how to start a brand team by the way the questions from the association folks uh, the change management folks were all about how do i start what do i do and you're ahead of many by somewhere on a year may- maybe a year and a half or so you and i ch- checked in a few times it's been about over seven or eight months i was checking in on your journey mm-hmm. so chad i'm gonna how are you feeling With the journey that you're on now because doing something new is never easy and uh you're creating in a way from scratch how are you feeling
1: really good um you know it's it still feels a little bit in in its infancy in terms of what the the scope of the team is going to be doing long term um but i think we were really clear headed when we created the the brand team Um, as far as what we wanted it to accomplish or what it was going to be doing that, um, just wasn't getting executed elsewhere in the company and on the marketing team. Um, and really it happened organically, I would say, um, you know, we had, uh, we were reorganizing our, our teams, our marketing team structure. Um, and then the, uh, the employee who we had heading, who we have heading the, uh, brand team she was really kind of catching a lot of different um, teams work and she was really experienced and and it made it made sense for her to kind of uh, take a different direction and, and tackle some of these initiatives that just warrants anyone's responsibility um, and these are external brand initiatives predominantly but also some uh, uh, certainly a component on, on internal branding as well uh, and yeah, so she. There's a, it's a two-person team at the moment. Um, we're hiring a little slowly this year, uh, but the, the idea is is certainly to scale it out because the, the work has been substantial, um, and, uh, and and we're only going to continue to have more more and more need on the brand side. Yeah,
0: that's awesome. And and for you all, audience folks, if you're on the marketing spectrum, you're probably hearing the word brand, and you're like, hey, ah, makes sense. If you're an HR perspective, depends where, there's some folks there who are employer brand and you get it. For those who do not, or or are surprised to hear our conversation with future people and the go in the direction of brand, I'm gonna just for one moment, and then I'm gonna switch it back to you, Chad, and start asking Mm -hmm. questions, but I'm gonna have some fun with something for a second. So I had a, a, no no names, I had someone join the conversation pre-interview and we talked about her title was employer brand and internal communications. I found that hilarious on many levels. I think it's funny how when we say the word brand, we care about the audience and we have budgets and it's externally customers. And then we start to care about candidates because we're having such a hard time finding great candidates and we create an employer brand. We care about the audience. And then the audience is no longer one that we're as caring about. It now moves to internal communications, not a brand. And that was in the title, which I thought no, no, no offense to the person. I actually, the, she agreed, and we talked about a future state where that evolves. So you, Chad, are taking on a brand team. So maybe for absolute clarity, tell the audience, like when you talk about the audiences, so tell the audience about the audience. Mm-hmm. When you, what audiences do you focus on? Um, Across the spectrum, and it could be some that you will be taking on. Maybe that's part of your strategic roadmaps. But just let's start with the audience. We have absolute clarity what we're discussing.
1: I think what's interesting about the brand team, specifically, and I'll dive into some some more nuanced audiences. But in, in some level, there's no audience. Like the brand is exposure. Like we, you want the brand to be present to any audience, to any person seeing it for the first time, even if it's in passing or if it's uh, a scroll through social media. You know, like we have an, we have our defined audiences certainly, but on on some level, what they do also applies to people who you have no intention of in you know, uh, or people are happening uh, upon the brand. You know, um, so I think that was that was something that we. We certainly don't set out as an objective, but we are kind of keep in the back of our minds. It's it's the people who are unintentionally seeing the brand that we that's at least at least a consideration. Um, but certainly, our company um, has a myriad of of external audiences, and it's just the nature of our our business. We're, we're an online form service, so any type of organization needs online forms, and our customers range from. Tattoo shop to a a Fortune 500 to a major university to a bakery to a consultant to everyone in between. You know, it's it's anyone who needs to to collect uh, information. So we've it's given us a lot of flexibility in terms of audience identification, and then they obviously have a large um, list from which to to target when they're considering what events do we want to be present in, where do we want to advertise, what do we want to say in our social media, how do we want this page to look. Uh, there's always there's always someone to consider for that there but also under their umbrella is um, certainly employer brand and how our our uh, brand is perceived by employees uh, and then and very importantly how it's perceived by prospective employees people who are applying to the company um, how are we showing up for them uh, and that was i would not i wouldn't say it was a, it was just something that wasn't it wasn't owned by any particular team and therefore it was owned by no one and, it, and there just wasn't really much thought paid to it or attention paid to it. Uh, so that's been something that they've owned pretty much from the get-go. Um, you know, they've, They're creating guidelines for Glassdoor, they're creating guidelines for LinkedIn usage, places where we're not exactly reaching out to JotForm users or even um, people who are considering the product, but we're considering reaching out to people who are uh, you know, are interested in a company for for employment prospect reasons, and of which there are many. You know, at some point our company is going to reach a certain size where it's really, really important to pay attention to how you show up to uh, audiences who aren't interested in your product or service. Um, and we've we've finally hit that that point at Jobform. You know, I think uh, employee count wise we're in the the 550 range. <laughs> Plus we have a number of freelancers, a number of contractors, uh, vendors that we work with. All of whom are kind of lumped into this uh, audience profile that's not interested in uh, using us, but very interested in in you know how, how we're uh, the opportunities that we offer. So uh, it's it's a big it's a big net, right?
0: It is. It is. And I loved how you said looking at the brand from the other side of it doesn't matter who's looking, which mm-hmm. audience it is. That's a one of those moments you're like, whoa, that's cool. And I'm gonna anticipate some of the maybe skepticism from the audience when you would look at this and say, Chad, that's a smaller organization than we're a part of. And Mm -hmm. hence your lessons here may not be valuable. So let me one assure you, I have a number of other guests coming up that are with organizations that are are, uh, multiple and are also taking on this approach one of them will be blue origins they're joining us in a couple of weeks and secondly it doesn't matter if you're not there today the question is what should you be thriving for right. and what chad is sharing with you maybe years out from where you are today so i want to talk about who's the champion to to start starting as hard inside organizations so where did this energy come from
1: it came from the marketing side, um, but I will say, yeah, I think it was on. Um, it was pretty front and center for for some of our HR folks as well. Just in terms of uh, some of the collaborative um, projects that we were working on, sure seemed like they were overlapping with both, uh, and it, it made sense for us to have someone pay more attention to it. Um, I remember one in particular you know the with LinkedIn you can have a I believe it's called a life page um, basically it's a premium offering for your your company and it's not especially cheap I think it's in the thousands but you, it unlocks uh, certain features certain, certain content features where you can um, you have employee testimonials on there you have uh, videos you have content sharing you have like multiple tabs it's a really becomes a, an experience for anyone visiting, visiting the page. Well, when we, the HR team was the one who, who budgeted that we should have a, a live page, uh, but it, then it became a real. It was a little, little bit of a tug of war of who, who actually owns this, uh, this content, and it's incredibly important content, um, incredibly involved, and uh, you know we, we ultimately shaped it the way we thought we needed to shape it from a marketing side but clearly they had their their own lens rightfully so on on uh, on the HR side so it was uh, you know I don't know if that that didn't that didn't uh, tell them that all of a sudden we needed a brand team but it, it kind of indicated it was one of the things that I, I sort of uh, socked away when I was thinking about what do we want this brand team to tackle um, because there are a number of things that that makes sense. You need to you need to have an audience. Uh, you need to create really uh, profound and um, great profiles for uh, for these audiences too. So ultimately, it came from my end. Um, and I think when we were looking at what we had available and some of the uh, some of the the tasks and projects that we really wanted to initiatives that we wanted to kick off in 2023, um, we uh, we pulled a couple couple of our talented uh, team members and then we had them. Start a, start a brand team, uh, so they they do a lot externally. I, I will say, like the um, events fall under their their domain, um, influencer outreach falls under their domain, out of home advertising falls under their domain, uh, but also you know making sure that um, you know people are speaking, our own employees are speaking about the the company appropriately on their channels and um, creating and uh, run it, maintaining social profiles that are even designed for our own employees. Uh, we have a whole um, social media profile, like Twitter profile for, I don't know, X, am still gonna call it Twitter, a Twitter profile for our Turkish office. And it's purely internal, purely celebrating what they're doing uh, from an office standpoint, from a cultural standpoint, and, and has next to nothing to do with our product launches. but. Um, it's good that we have these uh, these profiles built out so that we're, we're keeping these audiences engaged, yeah.
0: And, and, and let's just for sake of total clarity, maybe a little redundancy, we're basically saying a team that was responsible for your external audience being your customers mm-hmm. began to take on responsibilities in close collaboration with HR for first, your pro, your external audience but from an employee perspective. Where you're now looking at and we'll talk about glass doors and LinkedIn, but mm-hmm. beyond that, this team now began to also work with internal audiences and and, and get involved with communi- internal communications essentially That'd be an accurate way to talk about the journey?
1: Yeah, I'd say it's pretty accurate yeah.
0: And, and that answers a lot of the, it's part of the raging debate and on the other side of where I think the debate has landed on the podcast so far, which is who should own the adoption of marketing? Should it be HR or marketing? I think the majority would say it is HR and including many of the CMOs. This case is where it is coming from the marketing side of the house.
1: Yeah. I would say there's a specific reason for that with, with JotForm that I, I don't think necessarily Relates to to most other companies, but our our U.S. presence uh, is marketing, um, but our HR is predominantly housed in Turkey. Um, however, our the majority of our uh, global stakeholders or global audiences are English speaking, so, it, so everything always has to be passed through uh, marketing from a from a language standpoint. Um, we're really heavy on. Writing and editing—we're uh, we're completely stocked on our on our content production very intentionally because we're um, you know we're, we're kind of the gatekeepers of, of the of our company's language. Uh, so even something like uh, you know a, a, what would normally be an HR initiative still gets a heavy touch of of marketing because the the responsibility of the content is still gonna still gonna rest on our our team of uh, capable writers.
0: Uh, amazing, and and I want to go there. I want to talk about the HR collaboration because that's no small thing, and and maybe talking about it in the context of what you've learned so far, where you think it's headed, because it be it, it, it is fascinating to think about your team as it takes on these touch points with the with the internal audiences. Mm-hmm. When where first is how do you collaborate? Because those touch points should align, I would imagine, across the world of people operations and in many ways from compliance to culture initiatives, unless that's going Mm -hmm. to live in your world too. And secondly, where, how far do you go in terms of being involved with those touch points? Do you get involved with benefits? Do you get involved with performance wellness initiatives? Mm -hmm. Uh, What other employee experience moments that matter where you begin to be a part of the conversation and eventually manage the touch points?
1: Yeah, uh surprisingly uh, in this you know this might come as a as a shock um given our role but uh yes to all of the above I would say from a from a marketing standpoint we uh, we have owned our many of our wellness initiatives um both company-wide and just strictly with the US um, we have shaped a lot of our company policy um strictly coming out of the US and I, I don't know how much of this is Again, some of it is just a fact of where our head off, our, our marketing office happens to be our US office, uh, so therefore we're, uh, we feel compelled to, to present a lot of these uh, initiatives. But I also think even with something like um, wellness, uh, if we do something like that for, for the company and we're excited to share it, there's a, there's a playfulness to it, there's a brand component to it that I think that makes sense for us to, to take on and to own. Um, and we do collaborate with uh, with HR when we do something like this, especially if it needs to be disseminated to, across teams, or um, if there's language in it that we want to be careful about, or um, you know, we we're we're checking on term, in terms of like what would what, what should the award be if someone wins this X Y Z. Or um, but none, nonetheless, it still has often been initiated from the from the marketing team. Um, yeah, and like I said, I, I do think it's. How people experience the culture is how they experience the brand, and that's you know it's still ultimately I've, I've always felt of a, a sense of responsibility for that.
0: Yeah, the first book uh, that that I wrote with a co-author is called The Science of Story. It's about brand as a reflection of what's culture, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I could not agree with you more. Um, and the world that you are moving towards, I think is is quite extraordinary to learn from because it makes sense, logically, but organizationally, structurally, the blueprint for this has been entirely, it's been non-existent, you're creating it, which leads me to the next question, which is let's talk about budgets. Let's talk about budgets from a a practical lens. Mm -hmm. You can run one initiative, You, you can run two, But you can't take on the entire employee experience, all touch points, without it having, and I see it, two elements to it. One are dedicated resources, or at least resources to help you make sure you have what you need to cover all audiences. To do that, you need to prove out the ROI and justify it. How do you you take on those? Do you agree with the questions and the premise, and how would you take it on?
1: I do agree with it. Um, I'm trying to even think of an example where we run into substantial budgeting issues. are you, are, you, are you, you mean particularly with uh, internal audiences?
0: Absolutely hundred percent because that's where it's externally you can point to customer retention you could talk about right. leads you could talk about how many tried the platform there's just so many very clear KPIs mm-hmm. clear relatively right? it's a matured way of thinking
1: yep. internally not so much yeah uh, it's something yeah you know, I, I would say the budget concern hasn't hasn't come up a whole lot um, I'm trying to think of where we, where we spend outside of the, the LinkedIn life page that I mentioned and probably a few other premium social account type things. Um, but are the, the, the measuring is, is kind of its own, its own beast. Um, I, I always look at one number and maybe this is a reflection of a uh, brand. Maybe it's a reflection of a com- combination of things, but our employee retention is something I, I watch like a hawk our uh, our average tenure at uh from within the the company from within my team um that's a really really important metric uh that i think shows certainly how people reflect on the brand or like what are they you know like what's uh if if they're happy if they're engaged they're going to be staying around generally speaking um so i i think that's a that's definitely a, a even as a head of marketing, that's always been very top of mind. Similarly, um, you know, and I know it's not a, the most scientific thing in the world, but Glassdoor review, I I think it's uh, our average on Glassdoor is a really really important metric, um, and it's not one that uh, I even just look at ours. I look at it comparatively to companies in our ecosystem. I look at it relative to our competitors. If our competitor is uh, slightly higher than us on on Glassdoor, I've taken notice and I'm curious about what is happening at that company that is driving positive reviews that we're not doing. Conversely, I've noticed very, very astutely when, they're, when their uh, reviews have dropped. Sometimes we've caught what's happening at another company simply because we're paying attention to their Glassdoor reviews. You know, maybe it's a layoff, maybe it's a change in leadership, maybe they've taken on investors and they're, um, their, their general direction has, has, has changed, but Glassdoor reviews are extremely important. Um, and they're important for, I think they're really important for a lot, a lot of reasons. Uh, it's not just recruiting. Obviously recruiting, you need to have a, you need to show up well in Glassdoor. you need to be able to present that your, your company is treating its employees well, that people are you know, enjoying what they do, that people are staying for a long time. That's a given. It's also important for existing employees because people take note of that. You know, if, if you'd start to question the place that you work if, if your Glassdoor review is a 2.8 as opposed to a 4.4. You know, I think like people want to see validation from the organization that, that they're working at. They want to know concerns that other people are having and they want to know what, what people are really enjoying about it. That's a really, really important platform for that. Lastly, it's also important for customers. I I like I truly believe this. I think if we've especially you know Jawform is adding a lot of uh, users every day. You know we're, I think we're we're signing up somewhere between eight and ten thousand new new uh, users a day. Not most of them free, I'll, <laughs> uh, but still a lot of people. And it's a lot of internet searches trying to determine what Jawform is, what it's all about. You're more likely to be engaged with the company to work with a company to uh, pay money to a company that you know is treating its employees well versus an employee or a you know uh, a company that has a a really you know ragged looking glass door score you're gonna gonna, you might think twice right you know if you read that management is terrible uh you know product roadmap doesn't make sense from a glass door review you know you're not gonna you're not whipping out your credit card right so i I probably put more weight into a profile like that than I think a lot of our uh, um, a lot of other people within the company. But I think it I think it means a lot more than simply you know someone applying to the job or not. I think it, I think it extends uh, you know uh, quite a bit, and it and it scales too, right? Like we, as we have hiring plans and we we have aspirations to have thousands of employees, which I think we're we're going to be on track to do at some point. Um, you know, like those, those reviews stay there. So you need to, you need to have a good foundation for, uh, for how people are, are, uh, you know, thinking about the brand. Yeah.
0: A a your size organization. This is a quite I think, unusual focus, but one that I think if, if it maintains as you scale will provide dividends upon dividends long term. Mm -hmm. Um, So, so let's talk about other ways to measure success. You, you talked about Glassdoor. Mm-hmm. I think you said you, you look at retention like a hawk. Mm-hmm. That's, that's awesome. Um, as a marketer, when you think externally versus internally, I think externally we bring up things like impressions. Mm-hmm. We think about clicks, click-through rates, call to actions. So we, we are used to thinking in funnel format yep. externally. I'm curious, and we could talk future state, how do you think about this internally? Do you see a day where you take on an initiative and we're about to talk about that versus the word campaign? Should we begin to think campaigns internally? I, I mentioned to you, next season is all campaigns. So my brain is already creating a yeah. tunnel vision, every, the world I see through the lens of campaigns. But first, let's, let's reflect on data. How, how, what would you translate? Externally to internally, if anything was possible from uh, uh, insights and technology standpoint,
1: it's very difficult. Um, I'll offer one that I think is something that I look at that I think really overlaps with brand, um, and that's simple product adoption. Um, are the people who are working at Jotform and our company are they using the product? Are they engaged in the product? Are they having fun with the product? Uh, and that's something that we don't numerically measure, but I we all pay attention. Um, you know, I think there's like a, a real, like if, if someone is buying in, if people, if a team is buying in uh, to what we're doing as a company, they're 99% of the time, they are using the product actively. Um, people who are not engaged are not using the product actively it's like a it's a real um, delineation point where where we can we, we can kind of tell I, I don't know if we've we've thought enough to put that into any kind of formalized goal. you know like 80 90 percent employee product activation or engagement uh, but it's something that I, I think is uh, Extremely indicative of, of uh, where our brand is and where people feel about the brand. Because if they're if they're excited about it, they're they're always going to use the product. And that's that's without fail. I don't know if that translates to every every company out there. You know, if, um, if you work at a dog food uh, company and you're you don't have a dog, you know, uh, or or whatever the case is. But but in in our case, in software. It's, uh, it's absolutely uh, imperative that they do that. Uh, and it's a measure of success as a brand, yeah.
0: I'm gonna work with that analogy, but I'm gonna broaden it and then talk about its evolution. So you're saying that the conversion in this case, if we translate to the world of marketing, mm-hmm. is the use of your technology yeah. that you've built. Um, we could then say in a business where, not, where you sell dog food and you don't have a dog, let's replace that conversion with entry into a wellness program or conversion into uh, picking your dependents for during the benefits on board. We can simply say, uh, yes, you have a a more closely aligned conversion to what you do, but a conversion could be anything that you would like an employee to do. Now, if we take on the funnel thinking in your case, but you listeners replace the destination and conversion with whatever you'd like in your world, maybe change management. uh, You're talking about uh, submitting a story of the impact of a recent transformation that took place, whatever that conversion is, we now can think as a funnel. In your case, I would say, okay, I would like to pull an audience of the non-users of our technology. Within that audience, I would probably look at those who've started in the last month, two months versus those maybe that have been around for a while, maybe then divide that audience into managers versus non-managers. And then think about a message that would resonate with them in order for them to log in. My conversion is the them getting on the platform. Am I thinking about this uh, in a way that that you don't think would be practical?
1: That's extremely practical. Um- yeah, I hadn't, I hadn't really considered the scope beyond product adop- adoption, but of course it applies to, you know, did, uh, um, actually one, one thing that just kind of came to mind, it, it, granted it's not specifically HR, but our, our uh, IT security team kind of gamified it a little bit uh, with their messaging, trying to get people to fill up, to, you know, complete their compliance training. Um, And it was interesting, and I I would love to, of course, work with them uh, to try to help them more in the future. I kind of felt bad that they were, um, you know, it was outside of my my scope, but they were like, okay, so far, you know, they would have almost reports, like, you know, uh, X number out of, you know, 500-something if you have have completed, which is great. We're almost there, you know, and, like, try to prod people along, because we all need to do it, Uh, but they the language around it, the communication around it, um, the playfulness around it uh, took a lot of thought and, it, and that could be applied to everything, you know, um, adopting benefits to uh, harassment training, to office compliance, to whatever, you know, um, I think that's, that's a really good point. Um, I think when, if we do, you know, as we expand uh, brand, we, we should be looking at, how, what's the conversion point, or what's the success metric for, uh, for everything, not just, you know, not just the, the products or not just the user signups, not the, not the basics, but, uh, yeah, I think that's a really good point. It's a really good point.
0: That I'm losing sleep over is thinking, thinking these applications everywhere, everywhere. Yeah. And, and, and I don't think they're, they're just for the sake of the organization. I think this is doing service to the individuals to the employees because arguably currently the employer is the biggest spammer in the life of the employee <laughs> not everywhere but i would argue that's in many cases sure. if you look at your life you've unsubscribed from all of this crap your spam folder is capturing quite a bit but inside your organization you're one of a thousand ten thousand fifty thousand mm-hmm. as a result On the other side, isn't one person managing your touch points? it's a lot of people with a lot of perspectives. So here you go. Mm -hmm. We today have 17 announcements from 17 different employee experiences. Have a good day. They're being sent to everyone. Done. It's seven paragraphs. By the way, if you want to access all of our videos, here's a link. Remember we gave you the username and password uh, three years ago. There's 10,000 videos and uh, we've done our part. We care. We really do. I'm going to pause on that one and uh, resume to initiative versus campaign. And uh, you and I have moved our conversation f- kind of from where you were to where you are to kind of where you had headed. And now I want us to move further into the future. We don't have to be grounded in anything you currently do. You don't have to bring it as an example. I would love your thoughts on campaign thinking internally. Mm-hmm. why campaign thinking? How does that what is comes to mind for you about campaigns? We didn't discuss this yet. I was looking through my notes and campaigns is a, is a relatively new thing. about a month ago, where I, I kind of pivoted and think that's the linchpin to unlock this this next level uh, of the emerging market. But what are your thoughts on campaigns?
1: In theory, I love it. Um, we have not uh, executed that in, in practice. And I, I love how you draw a distinction between a campaign and an initiative, um, an initiative. We, we don't have measurable goals. Uh, we haven't gone into a wellness challenge with a measurable goal. We haven't gone into, um, you know, whatever office policy with a measurable goal. We have initiatives, certainly we have guidelines. We have, we push people in a direction, but we don't, um, we don't have an objective that we, we state at the beginning of a campaign where we say, you know what? we're gonna do this and we want 85 percent compliance within a month um, let's figure out how to get there that would be uh, that would be interesting you know I, I think there are probably a lot of instances one-off instances especially where that makes a lot of sense um, and we uh, yeah but we haven't we haven't uh, enacted that I think that would be a certainly well beyond the this you know the scope of just marketing if, if we're doing larger larger scale campaigns like that but um, but, yeah, I love, I love, that. I love that framing.
0: For, for all you listening, look at that. Chad has not been exposed to campaign concept before. Look at the immediate reaction from someone who understands the world of marketing. It's just like you get it. You went, oh, initiative to campaign. Oh, got it. Mm-hmm. In fact, campaign starts with an objective. You didn't think about it. It was innate for you. And you immediately went to comparing that to an initiative. The only th- thing you said that I would put into question from my point of view is ensuring compliance. Before that, you refer to it as a conversion. I propose in mm-hmm. these conversations, we don't think about it as compliance, but we look at it as conversions. Um, I'm not yet sure I can verbalize fully whether this point is philosophical or, or if it's practical, but <clears throat> the rest, I think, is part of our future. Um, so, and I'm looking at the time, did you have reflections on that point before I move on to, to the next one?
1: Uh,
0: other than just to say, I
1: think it's a really great idea. Um, I think about the uh, the back to the wellness initiative, um, you know, which we've done a, on a periodic basis. Uh, we, we typically do them over the span of a quarter. Um, we'll give people a break and we'll kind of reintroduce it. Uh, I'm excited about the prospect of of setting out with a, hey, you know, we want, uh we want 75 percent participation in this in this campaign call it a campaign and then call them conversions i think that would be a nice way of doing it as opposed to just floating it out there and seeing what uh what comes back because i think that assigning a goal to it assigning a metric to it would uh would make it more fulfilling and we'll probably get better participation because we'd be we'd feel motivated to uh to hit a certain goal so i like it, i like it
0: What's really fun is as we dive into the components of a campaign further, we now have an objective, we now have a conversion and a KPI. We now begin to practice things like segmentation, Mm -hmm. omni-channel, reminders and the path, depending on whether you're early adapter or not, influencer marketing for that campaign. I'm not going to be able to list all aspects, but once you call it that and you have an objective and a destination, you now, as a marketer, build funnels, build funnels, and and have fun doing it. Just like your technology teams were, were applying it to, you know, the the technology piece that they needed, uh, the training mm-hmm. they needed done, you now apply it here. So, I don't, you don't need to. This isn't a question. This is more of an invitation. Think about a campaign. If you want to partner on a season four, I'd love to have you back because from where i sit you're you're one of the innovators in this industry and, and i think it'll take all of us rolling up our sleeves to keep innovating and if you're listening and uh, you've got a campaign the way chad and i just discussed it reach out like i, I i'm ready i've got a, a whole uh, ecosystem of guests that are all now either running thinking um contemplating creating frameworks we're all like how do we do this as the next frontier. So, Chad, my, my last question for you. So, uh, a lot of the audiences are like, what you did, we cannot do in our organization, at least not overnight. This is this utopian world you're living in. I'm not saying you're saying it's utopian. I'm just saying <laughs> from their perspective, sure. I'm sure you got to your set of challenges. You're not you're not chilling. But from their perspective, oh, it would have been so nice to be to look at the brand the way you do, to begin to unify audiences what steps could they begin to make in, 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 in your direction? What conversations, what partnerships, what do they do in order to have a shot at being where you are?
1: Yeah. I mean, for us, it happened very organically and over time and it wasn't something that I, um, that I think we even could have executed a few years, a few years earlier. I think step one for any organization is deciding what, what your brand is. And we've had a lot of, really meaningful discussions within JotForm, um, especially because we, we actually did a full rebrand in 2021 and uh, at that fall of 20, two years now, um, feels more recent. But that was a great exercise for us in determining, identifying what our brand was. We redid our branding guidelines. We talked about um, how we're going to be discussing the brand. What's our elevator pitch? What's our internal pitch? We, we laid it all out very, very clearly. And I think that was a good exercise in understanding how we wanted our brand to show up across any any medium because i think before that it wasn't as uh well certainly wasn't defined i mean i think we all kind of had a sense of maybe what the brand was i think it meant different things to different people Um, but i think at at any stage company at any size company um, it's really good to to take the time to sort of understand what exactly your brand is and then uh, and then have you know discussions with leadership, uh, talk with employees, um, really get a, a firm users, customers, get a really firm understanding, and then, and then you start to create a, an architecture where um, your brand is showing up in, in the places that you want it to.
0: Before you activate it, you
1: got to figure out what it is. What you got to figure out what it is. Yeah, yeah. And it took us years, by the way. I mean, I think I. I played a, a very, you know, I've been at night for nine years. I played a, a certainly a part in shaping our brand. Um, but you know, it, it uh, I kinda, it, it kind of matured over, over time. And, and finally did the point where, uh, you know, where we could really execute on, you know, come to an agreement upon what it is, but yeah, that's always a good place to start.
0: And, you know, I'm sure this exercise for you wasn't easy and typically it requires saying less. Anytime you have to say less is hard mm-hmm. until you're intentional, because you'll have paragraphs, you'll have, you know, stories. If you set down everyone pre rebrand and you ask them what the brand stood for, they'll be answers. They'll just be different answers, not totally. astronomically different. They're not going to start saying, I think I work for a company that launches rocket ships, <laughs> right? But its essence would be different. And we know what happens when you align and create focus remarkable things happen when you can create focus, but there's an effort required. So totally. Chad's advice is not for all of you listeners where you can be like, okay, we're gonna stop our companies. You know, we're gonna, we're gonna take a look at the brand. But if there is a brand process taking place, get plugged in, support it, get involved in it. Cause it could, it, it should bleed into the employee experience. Absolutely. Um, well, listen, Chad, uh, before I say just a, actually, I'm going to say it now, just a huge gratitude. You and I have hung out a couple of times. You've made the time, I know how busy things are. Thank you're celebrating a year into this journey in my notes here. you started about a year ago right. to building this brand team. Um, it's exciting. I appreciate you taking the time to join the conversation. and um, I'd love to continue to follow your journey. You all audience folks. One is subscribe if you haven't, if you made it this far, and I release daily shorts. So go because most people don't have the attention for the full episode throughout the week, at least. So go subscribe, and um, let me let, let me know if you have any questions for Chad. Um, with that, again, Chad, thank you for joining this episode, and hopefully to be continued.
1: Thank you, Adam. I had a lot of fun.
0: Same here. Over now.